Welcome to the Sober Yoga Girl podcast with Alex McRobbs, international yoga teacher and sober coach. I broke up with booze for good in 2019, and now I'm here to help others do the same. You're not alone, and a sober life can be fun and fulfilling. Let me show you how. All right, so hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Sober Yoga Girl. I am super excited to have Laura Naylor on the show today. And Laura has been one of the original Mindful Life Practice community members since the very beginning. So if you've ever been to a class, you've probably met Laura. She is also the host of the Radio 2 Breakfast Show in Abu Dhabi. So welcome to the show, Laura. Oh, thank you so much, Alex. I'm so excited about this. Thanks for inviting me on. I'm so happy to have you here. So I was wondering, I want to know more about you and kind of your journey. So I know that you're from the UK, you're in Abu Dhabi here, that's how we met, but how did you end up here and like what has been your journey to this point in your life? So I was doing presenting in the UK in London, I'm from Preston, but I was living in London for eight years and then I saw this job that I'm doing now advertised on a website, a presenter website I thought it looked quite fun, so I thought, why not? Even though I've never been to Abu Dhabi or Dubai or the Middle East before, wow. but I just thought, well, why not? Just try it out. Um, so I applied, and then I didn't hear anything for a while, so I forgot about it. And then I got an email, then I had some interviews, and then got the job. And then I was like, okay, let's go. <laughs> wow. And how long ago was that? That was four years ago. Okay, so we would have come to Abu Dhabi around the same time, because I've been here for four years as well. Yeah. 17. Yeah, cool. I think we've talked about that before. And were you always on the, like when you came over, were you always breakfast with Rich or were there like other things you did? No, when I first started, I was on breakfast with Rich and then we did, I've done every show on that station. I've done midday, (laughs) evenings, drive, but it's been really good. It's been a really good experience for me that I've got to do all the different shows and now I'm back on breakfast, which I'm really loving, apart from the early morning starts. But everything else, I'm loving. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, it's so early. I don't know. I actually thought of you this morning because I, I had a yoga class at 9.30 and I pretty much got out of bed at like 9.25. <laughs> and I thought of you being like, I don't know how Laura does it. It's like four in the morning, right? Yeah, well, usually around half four. But the thing is, I, I thought it would get easier in time. I thought, you know, after a few months or even after a few years... But it still does not get any easier. Even if I go to bed at eight o'clock at night, I'm still really tired in the morning. But, you know, it's a small price to pay. Yeah. And then you end work at like noon, right? Well, no, sometimes a bit before that. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's so, I mean, this is what I mean. I shouldn't moan about being tired because sometimes I'm out the door at like 10 past 10. It's like four hours a day. I can't, I can't moan about that. Yeah, that's pretty great. And then I always see your, uh, Instagram photos at the beach or the pool or whatever. So that's really nice. Beach life. Yeah. Pool life. <laughs> and I can kind of relate to this of like me also having a really, really unusual work hours. And so for me, it's actually kind of the opposite. Like I have most days I don't start until like 4 p.m. teaching classes and I kind of have a bit of freedom in my schedule. And so it's, it's kind of the opposite, but the same in that it's not like a typical nine to five as most yeah. people do. So tell me about a bit about, we talked about this right before the episode started. So right when I met you, you know, you came and did a few of my yoga classes. I had you on social media. 
And I remember seeing you fundraising for brain tumors and you had shared a little bit about having a brain tumor yourself. And I wanted to ask you about that because we never talked about that. Like, what was that like? Well, I mean, obviously it wasn't great when I first diagnosed of that when I was 21 it happened so basically I started losing hearing in my right ear but that was that started happening since I was like 12 or 13 and I have really bad tinnitus in my ear which is like really loud ringing it's like it just sounds like hair dryers going off in your ear like all the time so I went to the doctors a few times and they just said I was fine like obviously I had no symptoms apart from the hearing loss and the tinnitus so then when I was 21, I moved, I started working on cruise ships. So I went to Tahiti of all places. And then for some reason, and I don't know why, I, did, I never know what, well, obviously I do, you know, I believe in the higher force, universe, God, whatever you want to call it. I went to the doctor on the ship one day because I thought, oh, I'm really tired and I'm sick of this ringing in my ear. So anyway, the, on the cruise ships, we've got amazing healthcare. It's amazing. So they sent me off the ship to the hospital to have scans and things. And then they were like, oh, you need to go home, back to the UK. And I was thinking, what the hell? Like, obviously, I didn't think anything had happened was serious. So I went home and they're like, you need to go and like have scans and things like that. So I went to the hospital and they did loads of tests on me. But I still didn't think there was anything wrong because I was absolutely fine. Apart from that ringing in my ear. And then they did this. They said, oh, you need to have a brain scan. And then they were like, oh, yeah, we found this tumor which obviously was absolutely horrific but the worst I mean so then that was that they're like you have to have an operation to remove this tumor and so I was like oh my gosh you know I don't want to have an operation and then he just literally looked at me and said if you don't have this operation you will die like there's you have to have the operation so but luckily now looking back at least like you know there was no social media really then Otherwise, you know, I would have been looking online, looking what it was, what it, you know, the, how serious it was. So I had that removed the year after I got the diagnosis and it all went really well. Like I had the best professor um, and then they said that come back after a year to see, we need to check that it's um, not come back because these tumours can grow back. So and luckily it wasn't cancerous. So that was yeah. amazing. But when I went back the second time, the second year, they were like, okay, we're really sorry to tell you this, but we've now found another tumour on your other side, on your other ear. So, I mean, obviously my mum was like absolutely devastated. I mean, so was I, but I was just thinking, I don't know why, but some something inside me told me I was still going to be all right. I knew I was going to be all right. But then they were like, you know, come back into the hospital. And I mean, this was probably one of the worst days of my life, I would say. There was like 15 doctors around the table, me and my mum and dad. And they were like, listen, you've got, we think you've got this condition of tumours on your spine, tumours in your head. You're going to have to have, you know, all your family are going to have to learn sign language. You're going to have to have this ear removed. Because like all my right ear now is removed. They have to take everything out of it. So I've got nothing in this ear. Yeah, so obviously that day I was like, oh my God, this is absolutely, like every, all my family were devastated, obviously, because of all that. And then, and then the fact that you could get tumours on your spine any time. So then I went home from that and then they were like, come back again in another year. So I had a year of thinking, oh my God, this is horrendous. But then the year after that, I went back to the hospital and the doctor, the professor who I had all the way through, said to show me the scans and he was like it's gone 
like the tumour has disappeared. Wow. So I was like, well, where has it gone? And he was like, I don't know. So this to me is a, is a miracle because he even said himself, and he's like the top professor, um, Professor Ramsden. I don't even know if he's still at Manchester, Univers- uh, Manchester, Manchester Hospital now, but he didn't know where that had gone. So, I mean, I've always been very, I've always had a very strong faith. I've always believed in something. But obviously for me to have that happen was, was proof to me because where did that tumour go? It was taken away. Thank God. Like, you know, so, yeah. I mean, I can talk about it now. Like, I'm, I'm fine now. But obviously at the time it was awful. But at the same time, and I know this sounds really weird, I kind of knew that I was always going to be all right all along. So I now believe that me telling this story will give hope to other people that maybe have tumours, cancer, all these awful things happen because they can disappear. Because obviously they can because I've had it. Yeah. So I know that it can happen, you know. Wow. So thankfully I'm so fine. What a powerful story and, and something so like scary to go through at such a young age. Yeah. You're alone. Yeah, it was, it was really awful. I mean, it was awful. And the, I think the worst thing was every year having the scans and waiting for the results to come back because these tumours do grow back. So, you know, having to wait to find out what was the result was awful. But then amazing when you get the results, when it's like it's all fine, nothing's come back. Yeah. Do you do that? Do you still do that? You got a scan? No, I've got one more scan to have now. But I think I'm, I mean, I'm fine. But yeah. yeah. Wow. And it's so powerful because, you know, you meet people like, like you in particular, you have this like energy that is like infectious. Like you're just so positive and so happy and so like loving to everyone. And you meet people like you and you just have no idea like what someone has been through in their life. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, that's the thing, you know, and I am a very happy person, as you know, like, you know, I'm not fake. I don't put on this positive attitude. That is me. I mean, but then I look at why, what have I not got to be happy about, you know, but I do really sometimes think, I think a lot of people, I think a lot of positive, happy people, I think this happens to a lot of people that people think they've never had anything happen to them in their life. Yeah. It's like, well, she, oh, well, Laura's all right. Well, what's wrong with what she ever had happened to her? But actually, I have had stuff happen in the past. It's just the way I, I now choose to live. Well, I have always lived my life like that. But I think it's, you know, and I know people that are very upbeat and positive and they kind of get, not left behind, but it's always kind of like, well, he's all right. She's all right. Yeah. Like, you've never had any hardship in your life. That's the thing. When people don't think you've ever been through anything hard. Yeah. But actually, everybody has to some extent, haven't they? Totally. I completely agree. There was someone, someone commented one of my posts. I posted something about like a, you know, the Tropicana commercial, not liking the, the way they, uh, you know, were glamorizing alcohol. And someone commented being like, wow, your life is so wonderful that the only problem you have is this commercial. <laughs> 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 and I was like, oh, okay. This person clearly doesn't know me at all. <laughs> really interesting Alex because I think you know and I on my Instagram when I post things on Instagram whatever 
like you know some people are like oh you know you're always so happy you're always so positive but yeah. you know beach life this pool life this but actually that is my life I am at the beach all the time I am at the pool all the time I'm, I've got a great life I've got a great job I'm really happy but you know a lot of people didn't see me when I had no money I was crying at the bank in London when I had to try and extend my overdraft and I'm running to auditions at all day long in London trying to get something I don't think people seem to realize that that has happened to me as well totally. you know what I mean totally well thank you so much for like being vulnerable and sharing that oh no do you know I'm really I'm really happy to share it because it's weird because I, I didn't you know when I first told people when I was doing this fundraising I actually felt quite bad because even some of my closest friends I never told them because not that I didn't want to tell anyone, but it's just a little bit of a difficult conversation to get into. You know, hi, oh, by the way, just let me tell you, I've had two brain tumours and this has happened to me and that's happened to me. It's not something that would come up every day. But if somebody asks me, oh, what happened with that? I'll always tell them. Or yeah. always. But I think I've shared my story. I will always share my story if there's somebody in a situation where they're like, oh, my gosh, my dad's ill, my mum's ill, I'm ill, I've got this wrong with me then I will say, you know, just keep the faith because miracles can happen. You just got to keep believing. Mm -hmm. That's the power of sharing our story. I think it's Brene Brown who says like, you know, share your story because it might become someone else's survival. Yeah. So tell me about how like your journey getting into yoga, were, were you practicing yoga before you and I met or was it something that's been like a recent part of your journey? Well, I didn't, I did yoga once, I remember, in London at a Fitness First gym, and I will never forget it, because I was really excited about trying it out, and the teacher there, I don't know if I told you this story, but it was just awful, because she, there was like, probably about 25 people in the class, and I obviously had never done yoga before, didn't have a clue what I was doing, and then I was obviously looking around the class, like, seeing what everybody was doing, right. and then she was like, um you close your eyes, close your eyes, like literally singling me out in the, in the group, close your eyes. And then I was like, oh, and I closed my eyes and then I opened them again to look and she was like, no, close your eyes, close your eyes, what are you doing? And I was like, oh my God, I'm never, ever, ever doing yoga ever again in my life, that's it. And it really put me off, like massively put me off. Wow. Because, yeah, because I was like, what the hell was that? But then, and then I think I did it, a friend of a friend in London, she was teaching yoga and she did one class with me, which I went to, which I, I, I thought was all right, but I wasn't like massively into it. And then I thought I, I did your class, didn't I, at the room in Abu Dhabi? Yeah. And then I, I remember it because I remember at the end of the class when I came up to you, I was like, oh, um, you've got such a nice energy about you. You've got such a great energy about you. And then I was like, oh my God, I love that class. And then I was like, okay. And then you set up um, the Mindful Life Practice yeah. And that was it. And now I'm addicted. <laughs> and for a while too, like I remember the class that you came to, it just happened to be like I was subbing on a Saturday morning or something. Um, because then I think the time of my classes for a while before the mindful life practice weren't always working with your schedule because it seems like you like have evening stuff going on. And I often taught later, like 6.30 p.m., 7.30 p.m. And, you know, since you're up in the middle of the night, you have <laughs> to go to bed really early. <laughs> But once the mindful life practice started and there's like the convenience of doing it from your home and also my, I was able to set my own schedule. So I was teaching earlier. Um, it just worked. And now it's like, I think it's like 18 months later and you've done yoga like almost every day of that time, which is 
wild. Oh my gosh, it's, I'm so, do you know what? I was thinking about it today before I came on here and I thought, oh my gosh, like there's so many times, like, oh, I sometimes think, what would I do like, if the Mindful Life practice actually stopped? And I, like, I was just like, oh my God, that can never happen. That can never happen. Because now it's like a massive part of my life, honestly. Yeah. But do you know what, Alex? I have to say that, and I'm not just saying this, those classes, your classes completely saved me during that um, last year, during the whole, when, it, when COVID first hit. And I, it was absolutely horrific for me. And now, and you know, this is another thing that people did, I think, last year with the whole, everybody suffered in one way or another with COVID. Yeah. They did. Um, and even the people that say they didn't, they did. Because we all, it was a, like such a shock for the whole world. But I think there was like, this kind of mentality at the time. It was like, well, if you've still got your job and you're still earning money, you're fine. Again, it's like, you're fine. Don't you mourn or complain. You can't be stressed because you've still got a job. But yeah, it was so, it was probably one of, apart from obviously the whole illness and brain tumor thing, probably one of the most stressful times of my life. And I very rarely get stressed. Yeah. And I was, you know, working from home, as you know, I'm not very technical. <laughs> and doing, <laughs> can't even turn, click on a Zoom link to make that work. But doing a radio show from your home, I mean, it was just, I'd get up at five in the morning, six o'clock, and the message, the WhatsApp messages would be, continuous till nine ten o'clock at night and then I just remember that hour of yoga every day it was just like the best possible thing ever ever you know it was really it was like selfish for me too if that makes sense like it was I was in as much of a spiral as everyone else just like what is happening right now in the world and for me it was like I started doing it because like I needed to do it for my own mental health you know and so just to hear, I don't know, the way it like benefited and anchored people, like it was, I'm just so glad that people got the, the benefit from it that, you know, I did as well. Oh my God, it was so good. And I remember at one point, I remember my dad saying to me on the phone, uh, these yoga classes have completely saved you. Like they've saved, and, and they did. And it's really hard to explain. Whenever I explain to my friends who have never done yoga, and it's weird because, you know, like I talk about yoga and I love it so much, but I'm not. But I know you always say you can't say you're not good at yoga because there is no good and bad. But like, I'm not flexible. I'm not great with all the positions. But there's something about it. Remember when I said to you that time, and I said, what is it about yoga? Like, how does it, I remember, especially during the last year, when I start the class and be like, oh my gosh, I'm so unbelievably stressed. And then by the end of it, I was absolutely fine after one hour of yoga. Like, fine, like a different person. Amazing. But remember, what was it that you put? I think you posted something saying yoga is magic or yoga is a miracle, but it actually is, Alex. Isn't it? Mm-hmm. Like, and it's hard to explain, like, what it is that does it to you, but it does. Yeah, 100%. I couldn't imagine not doing yoga now. Like, even if I'm, I miss, like, a couple of days, if I'm on holiday or I'm, I'm away for the weekend, I'm like, my body and my mind, I'm like, oh, my God, I need to go, I need to do a class, I need to do a class. Yeah. Totally. I have a question for you. Have you ever thought about becoming a yoga teacher? Oh my gosh, no. <laughs> no, no. Do you know what I do? I, I like the whole like, see, I, I wouldn't mind doing it if I could do it well. <laughs> but I can't do the, the poses that well. But also, this is the thing as well, Alex, about you, is that, you know, sometimes I've been to classes and don't get me wrong, yoga is great wherever you go, but there's something about your style of teaching. 
teaching that I love. It's like you tell your story, there'll be like quotes thrown in there. I love a good quote, as you know. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what I think makes it for me because anyone, not anyone, I'm not saying anyone can stand there and go, okay, downward dog, okay, stand like this, do this, do that. And that's all, all well and good. But I think there's something... When you, I think when you find the right teacher, or for me now with your, with the right community of people, that makes a difference. Because I always say to my friend, whenever my friend, like if my friends are going through difficult times, I'll be like, oh, just try yoga, like just just try yoga, and they're like, oh, I don't know that, but it has to be Alex's yoga, like it has to be my whole life practice, because otherwise it won't be the same. <laughs> oh, it means so much to me, honestly, to have your support. But it is, honestly, Alex, it's so true. Like, I'm so grateful for all the classes, honestly. You're going to be a yoga teacher. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> you know what I find as well with the yoga? Like, with the, um, I mean, I know you do a lot of meditation, but that is something that I've really struggled with. I've tried it a couple of times. Not your meditation, but I'm like, oh, I can't, because my mind's always racing. But in a way, uh, yoga is also meditation, isn't it? Totally. Because you're off your phone for a start. I'm always on my phone. So at least it gives me an hour without my phone. So you have got, you've got your thought, your mind is clear whilst you're doing that yoga class. Yeah. It's like a moving meditation, like moving with the yeah. breath and the poses. And, and I'm similar to you when I started. Um, meditation in itself, sitting was just not possible. Even like the yin classes were very difficult for me. And the beginning yes. so much stillness. And then it's kind of like a muscle that grows over time. And, you know, you do a little bit sprinkled in here and there, like at the end of a asana yoga practice. But no, I totally, I can totally relate to that. But I would like to try the meditation. I am going to do that, actually. I'm going to try that. Yeah. We have a lot on the website. A lot on, I used to do Instagram lives, actually. I used to do Instagram live meditations. And then there were just so many weird messages in the... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> people watching and commenting like I want to date you I was like I can't do this <laughs> who, who needs Tinder when you've got um, meditation on Instagram <laughs> <sighs> so I want to ask you a bit about your sober curious journey yeah. so tell me a bit about your relationship with alcohol so alcohol I think for me has always been around my and I would say my my job because when I first started when I first left home when I was 18 and I went to work on holiday parks in the UK as an entertainer it was alcohol was everywhere every night entertainers are drinking and you're going you know you're meeting all the holiday makers drink 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 then I worked on cruise ships after that mm-hmm. and that was like heavily you know influenced by alcohol the crew bar I mean don't get me wrong it was a great lifestyle but it's alcohol here, alcohol there. Then, you know, working in London, in events, TV, it's alcohols everywhere, offered to you all the time. So, you know, and I did obviously drink and socialise and take the free drink whenever whenever I got it. But then I think I start, I think, well, I think it was mainly really when I met, when you started the Sober Curious thing, I was thinking, oh, actually, maybe I should have a look into this because I remember what it was. You'd, when I first did that class with you and I followed you on Instagram, remember? Yeah. And then I saw on your Instagram, you put Sober Girl or something. This is before you set up the Sober yeah. Curious thing. And then I came, went to, came up to you the next class and said, oh, I've noticed on your Instagram you don't drink. And I was like, why do you not drink? 
But then at that time, it was really weird. You know, that I believe in all this, like signs and all this. And I think I told you this, that a guy who I knew in Dubai, who was a presenter at the time, he, I met up with him and he had also told me this story of how he doesn't drink. And he told me all this stuff. And I was like, all right. And he said, you know, I, I don't know when to stop drinking. It's not good for me. And he started telling me this stuff. And I thought, okay. And then I saw, I stumbled across that one year no beer on Facebook. Yeah. And it said, everybody should try not drinking for three months and see how it changes their life. And then I was like, right, that's it. It's a sign. I'm going to, <laughs> I'm going to Alex's uh, thing and I'm going to yeah. try it out. Because, you know, it's, we, I mean, we, I think everyone, you know, you can go out and enjoy your drink. Don't get me wrong. I'm very social and I love to drink and I love to hang around with my friends. And I think for me, it's a very social thing, the drinking. But then at the same time, not now, but when I was younger, you know, I did have a massive problem with not knowing when to stop drinking. Yeah. Which I actually think a lot of people have this problem. You know, not, and I think... What I think I love about your sober curious thing is that it's making people, as it says, curious because people are thinking, well, actually, I don't know when to stop. People listening to this now will probably be like, oh, actually, I don't know when to stop drinking either. That's the point. I might have a little look at this because there's so many people that have it. And especially, you know, with the UAE, with the situation with the drink here, it's everywhere, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's part of your life here. Totally. It's so interesting here because like, I remember back when I was teaching yoga at the, at the gym publicly, I wasn't sure, like I didn't talk about my sobriety in my classes because I wasn't sure what I could say and what I couldn't say, because on the one hand you have the expat, the expat party culture, which is just extreme, you know, like it's 1 PM on a Friday and people are playing flip cup and you're like, what is happening? <laughs> it's like a college brosh week. And then on the other extreme, you have people in the traditional local culture who alcohols are a part of their life. And, and so it's a really interesting combination. And I think because of that, there isn't like much discussion and awareness about, you know, the, the harmful effects of drinking. And um, there, there just isn't really like, I think I'm the only kind of sober curious advocate in the region that I know of. It's just not really talked about. No. And I think it's really interesting that, you know, I think a lot of people are, a lot of people are like, okay, um, oh, what is this sober stuff? Oh, this is ridiculous. Like, there's nothing wrong with you. Like, come on, you know, you've not got a problem. You don't need to be giving up drink. And then there's the other people that are massively into the, so the sober thing, which is brilliant because now it's becoming a trend and it's a yeah. craze to be sober, you know, and which is fantastic. But I also think that it's important to mention that it's, you know, you're not, you're not doing this for people that get up in the morning and have a vodka at 6am. Yeah. This is for people like, like me, like I go out to a brunch with my friends. I love to socialize. I love to have a drink with my friends. I'm not an alcoholic. I'm not getting up in the morning and having vodka, but do I sometimes go out and drink too much? Yes, I do. Do I sometimes mm -hmm. go out and think and not think, oh my gosh, I should be stopping now. Yeah, I do. So that's, that's for, it's for like people that are like, you know, I mean, there's so many people that I know, like on Friday brunches, they'll go out, they'll, I mean, we've all done it. Forget what we've done, forget what oh. we've said. We've messaged people we shouldn't be messaging. Oh, we feel horrific the next day. Oh my gosh, we're hungover. And then, then it starts again the following week and the following week. But, you know, I remember at my birthday brunch, and I think because I did those three months sober, didn't I, last yeah. year with you, 
And I think that completely changed everything for me then. Um, and I've become a lot better now. But I remember looking around and being, because I still went out, I still did everything I would have done if I'd have been drinking. And I didn't feel like I missed out at all. In fact, I had a better time doing not drinking. But like, even at my birthday brunch, I remember, do you remember, I don't know if you were there, when um, that girl, there was a girl there, that she got carried out by security at one point, and because she was that drunk. And I remember sitting, watching, thinking, I feel so sorry for that girl, because I thought she's going to feel tomorrow, everyone's going to be laughing at her. But nobody else felt sorry for her. Everybody else, all my other friends were like, oh my gosh, look at the state of her. Did you see that girl? Oh my God. And it's like, really, who the hell wants that? Yeah. Nobody. But it's not, and it's like, you don't realise, I think, until you actually stop and look at the situation and go, well, actually, this is not nice and it's not healthy and it's not good. And also what I've noticed as well, since like being the sober curious, is friends of mine and, you know, people that you know, Alex, that have given up alcohol and their lives have transformed since they stopped drinking and there's quite a few people that I've been watching their stories going along and I think well this is not a coincidence because it's happened too many times to too many different people now so since once you give up the drink all other areas of your life improve like the careers have skyrocketed the you know the relationships like everything has has changed for the better totally you know, like, you don't think you ever hear anybody saying, oh, I wish I hadn't given up drinking, do you? Never. Never. But even though I'm saying this and I'm still drinking, so I'm not, I'm not saying I don't agree with drinking because I do like to have a drink, but I just like to have, um, what's, to, be a, to drink a few drinks, not to go too crazy. Yeah. That's what I want to be that. Which I, now, which I can, you know, more or less now, I will say, apart from the odd time, I have learned to, you know, quite good with that. But then I still, I am still curious to think, well, maybe what would my life be like if I gave it up completely? You know, like I said to you, so like I'm at the stage now where I'm really, I'm only having the, a few drinks, I'm not going mad, which I used to go crazy when I was younger. So that's a massive improvement already. So I'm, I feel happy for that. And I feel thankful to you for that, for like, you know, just, just with the, even that, with the Instagram posts, with the social media, and it's really good. But then I think, but then what would your life be like if you completely gave it up? Mm-hmm. And I remember seeing that guy, I know I always say this, tell this story to you, but you know the guy who, does, who used to do the one year no beer? Andy. Uh, Andy. Yeah. And his, it was his Facebook video that came up that time, and I was like, okay. And he said, you know, if you're going out to an event, say, like and this has happened to me so many times, where I'm thinking, okay, it's brunch today. I don't want to go crazy. I don't want to be hungover tomorrow. So in my mind, I'm like, okay, right. What I'll do is I'll have some Prosecco, say. I'll have four glasses of Prosecco and that's it. But then, and then you, or when you're at the brunch, it's, you're thinking, okay, right, oh my gosh, right, can't have any more, can't have any more, can't drink after the brunch. But then, like he was saying, and it's so true, like but all that extra energy that yeah. you're pouring into your mind going, right, don't drink that. Oh no, oh my gosh, somebody's brought a shot over it. You can't have that shot. Oh my God, no, no, no. Then you have the shot, and then you're like, oh no, now we're going somewhere else. Should I go somewhere else? Should I drink? What should I drink at this bar? It's like, it, it can be exhausting that. Yeah. So then, like, he was saying, like, why just don't drink? Just don't drink the alcohol when you go out. I mean, it's easier said than done, but he's right. Mm-hmm. I remember actually. It's interesting about the whole thing, you know? Yeah. 
I was going to say it reminded me of, I remember at your birthday because we had talked about it before and you saying that you were um, just going to, you know, have one beer. And then I remember people kept like handing you like giant <laughs> bottles of like, grape juice and like wanting to take pictures of you with them. And, you know, I don't care. I'm like, I'm not judging like whether Laura drinks or not. It's, it doesn't matter to me. You know, I'm here as like her friend and her birthday, but I just thought it was so funny because you were like <laughs> trying to like, I was like, oh. But then I did, you know what, I did, I did have that beer and then I did have a couple of glasses of champagne that mm. someone gave me, but I was absolutely fine and it was probably like one of the best birthdays I've ever had because yeah. I wasn't like completely, I didn't go too far, but that's the thing. But then the thing is though, it's easier said than done because sometimes you'll go out and it'll depend on like, you know, especially for me getting up at half four in the morning so Thursday nights, now, I'm like, I can't go out on a Thursday night and drink because I'm so tired that, you know, being tired affects how much, right. how drink affects you. Um, what's, what's happening to you at the time? Like if you're going through, you know, whatever you're going through, you might want to drink more. And it's just, it's really, it's not really worth it. But I think if you, I think there's a lot of people that can go out and just have one or two drinks and be fine. Yeah. But there's also a lot of people, more people, I would say, that will go out, drink, and not know when to stop, and then feel horrific, and then, then it's like, well, what actually is the point in this? Yeah, especially when I was younger. I'm a lot like now. I'm a lot better now. But when I was, especially like in my twenties, in my early twenties, like the stuff that I would be you know, going out drinking, not stopping drink, it was just like. And I remember one time I went out, and my sister said to me. But this is the thing, and it's actually quite scary when you look at it because we went out somewhere in Manchester. Then, then we went, we had loads of drink, and then we got back to my sister's friend's house, and I was like, "Right, come on, then let's have another bottle. Let's open another bottle of wine." And my sister was like, "Oh my god, like how can you even think to be opening another bottle of wine? We've, we've drank so much." But I genuinely, like, especially when I was younger, did not. I had no. There was nothing in me that knew when to stop drinking. Nothing at all. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of people have that mm-hmm. because, and you know, if you don't know when to stop, then you're not going to stop, are you? And like, you know, I think it's it's interesting because people who will listen, you know, and then if you're a good, because for me, I, I am a good. If I'm drunk, I'm not a bad drunk. I'm not an angry drunk. I'm happy. Sometimes I fall asleep. Um, but that's, that's what I will do. So people will be like, oh my gosh, Laura, like, you, you're really social, you're happy, you're fine. And that's another thing, I think, when people are like, you're fine, you're fine, you're fine. Because then you're like, oh, well, I am fine. Right. But actually, it's just sometimes you just think it's just easier just to stop. And there's so many stories that are similar to this that I've heard from friends, friends of friends. And it's just like, oh... You know, and that guy that I told you about, the guy that, um, a friend of mine who was a presenter in Dubai, but he's not here anymore, he had said to me, and it always stuck with me, he said, I gave up drinking because he said he had a horrific night and he was drank far too much, didn't know when to stop. And he said, I thought, okay, I'm going to have to stop. I'm stopping drinking now. He said, because I thought if I don't stop now, what am I going to do? Wait until it's too late, until something awful happens to me. Right. And actually... I mean, I know it sounds dramatic, but the stories that you hear about what alcohol, because it changes your, your whole perception, mm-hmm. doesn't it? And then people will say, well, you know, it's, it's not the same, but it's similar. Like my mum will always say, you know, she struggled with her weight all her life and she'll eat too much. 
So she'll say, you know, if I've got a packet of biscuits on the table here, a full packet of biscuits, I'll eat all those biscuits because I, I want to eat them because I've got this thing with food. But then, but then my mum would say to me when I was younger, but if there's a bottle of wine there, you wouldn't be able to just drink one glass. You'd drink two right. or three glasses. So, but then I always used to say, yeah, but the difference is, mum, with food and alcohol, you're not waking up in the morning after you've had them biscuits going, oh my gosh, what did I do? What did I say? Can't remember getting right. home. Whereas the alcohol, you are. Sometimes, I mean, when I was younger, it, I mean, it was, and I remember, always remember what my dad said once, and I actually do think this is true. I know a lot, a lot of people might disagree, but my dad always said to me and my sisters growing up, alcohol is the worst drug. Because in a way, because it's legal, it's fine, everyone's out, it's, it's, you're social, you're with your friends, you're being sociable. But if you have too much, I mean, God knows what actually could happen, really. So that's why I think when you set up this, I was like, all right, let me have a look at this because it's, it's interesting, really, as well, to me. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying this and everyone, people will be like, oh, Laura, look at you doing this solo thing and that, but we've just seen you out. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> but don't get me wrong but this is coming from me and I love a drink and I you know I'm very aware that at, at this moment in time I'm not I'm not giving up at the moment but right. I do think it's important that you only drink what you can manage yeah you know and also it's embarrassing and I remember when I first got to Abu Dhabi I mean oh my gosh I was like a kid in a sweet shop out every weekend me too I don't know how I did it I was like oh my gosh, like getting up in the morning and during the week at five o'clock in the morning, four o'clock in the morning, then rocking in five o'clock in the morning on Friday, Saturday, you know, Friday, Saturday mornings. But it was like, it was like, that was the culture there. Well, it still is the culture, but now I think I'm like, I'm not, I can't do that anymore. But, and it's so easy. And now looking around when you see people, you know, the brunches, they all start off so civilised and then it just ends in, shambles yeah shambles every time every time <laughs> yeah but then <laughs> but then you know and, then, and I somebody was saying to me the other day oh you know I just wish that we could go to brunches and just go home after the brunch but I don't know I mean I've been here for four and a half years and I've not known one person to go home after a brunch <laughs> I haven't and it's like and then it's the after party and that spirals yeah. out of control and it's just like oh yeah. It's amazing that you've been able to, you know, moderate and like reduce in the culture yeah. that we are in now. And I think even just having like a curiosity about it, right? No, no one's journey is completely linear. And, you know, so kind of having a curiosity, taking your 90 day break, moderating, like those are all, um, it's like mindful drinking, you know? Yeah, and I think, but I think another thing, I think I've said this to you before about, you know, like I was thinking even this month, I thought, oh, do you know what? I'm going to do like dry August. I'm going to have a break from, you know, drinking. But then I thought, oh, no, well, you know, I've got a week off, I've got that Eid holiday, and I've got this, oh, maybe I'll do September. Then I was like, oh, yeah, but my friend's birthday is in September. But I think we like associate like drinking with these things like holidays, birthdays, Christmases you know oh you celebrated something let's have a drink you sound about something let's have a drink <laughs> totally isn't it like and really if i think it's i think it's everything well i do believe everything's in your mind but i think the same for the alcohol as well that's why i'm so like curious about it because it's it, i find it interesting 
Yeah. As well as it, as well as the fact that it's, you know, it's, I've cut down a, a hell of a lot. Um, and I'm proud, I'm proud of myself for doing that because it is easy to, you know, but, and I think like, you know, some people are like, oh, well, you know, all it is is you go out and have a few drinks and then sometimes you go too far. That's what every single human being does. But I think other people that have had, you know, when I was younger and I did have that issue of not being able to stop. Yeah. I think it is important for me to, to be like aware of and be cute. And it, this is really, I think it's great what you've set up, Alex, because nobody else is doing this kind of thing, are they? Mm-hmm. I think like other people are like, right, stop drinking. Whereas you're not like that. You're like, it's your own journey, but you are allowed to be, you can be curious about it without giving up the alcohol. Totally. You know, and everything in moderation. But like my mum used to say to me when I was younger, everything in moderation. But then if you don't know when to stop, then you shouldn't. Well, that's that's the thing, isn't it? You know, but I think only you, each person that they, if they're curious, they'll they'll find their own like path and what what helps them. Yeah. And what's for them. Yeah. Well, if you ever decide that you want to take another break again, the yeah, new- you want to do that. And you know what, Alex? Last time I took that break, it was honestly one of the best things I've ever done. And even like friends of mine would say to me, "Oh my gosh, you can tell you you're not drinking anymore because you look different. Like you look so much better." Yeah. Whereas I w- wasn't think I look better, but it's like everything. And also another thing that I think I heard, um, I think Jasmine said this on her podcast with you. Um, like for the weekend when she was like, you know, you drink. So if you're out at a Friday brunch, you oh, I can't possibly meet you on Saturday morning because I'll be hungover. So Saturday's out. Right. Like so a whole day of your week is out because you know you're going to be hungover from that day. But that's really sad. Isn't it? It's a yeah. thing. Oh my gosh, that day's, that day's gone now because I'm... And then when I was that three months, when I, I, was, I was up every morning doing yoga doing whatever and I remember my friend said to me my friend a really good friend of mine in Australia she messaged sent me a voice note once and she said Laura she was like you're at your best when you're not drinking and you're doing yoga and I was like that's true (laughs) she was like that's when you're at your best yeah that's so true yeah well if you do ever are curious about it again we have the new, since you joined last time, we now have the Sober Curious Yoga School. Um, so it involves like meditation and yoga and also journaling. You probably really like it actually, these workbooks. So whenever you're ready for exploring it again, I'm here. Yeah, I'll definitely, definitely be doing it again. Definitely. Awesome. All right. I have a question, a very important question for you. So yesterday you posted Carrie, a picture of Carrie and Big together <laughs> from Sex City. <laughs> and now the debate is happening on my Instagram, my Instagram poll. I have to tell you, it's like the most voted for poll that I've ever done on my Instagram story. There's like hundreds oh. of people that have voted and majority are team Aiden, unfortunately. I know you're team oh Big. You know what? It's so funny because I was like, I love Big, I love Mr. Big, but... My friend messaged, sent me a massive message into uh, my Instagram and he was like, oh my God, Laura, are you actually serious? Team big. And um, God's sake, like what is wrong with you? <laughs> but it, you know what? He's, Mr. Big has got something about him. Like he's he just does. got this, you know, but Aiden, don't get me wrong. Aiden is a lovely guy. Like Aiden is very sweet and everything. 
but big does have this charm. He a hundred percent does. I loved him when I only saw the movie, like movie one, I was like, Oh my God, this handsome, charming, rich guy who gets a penthouse with a walk-in closet, you know, like it was very, very (laughs) charming. And then when I watched the whole season, I was just like, I mean, to be fair, I also watched the whole season a summer when I was like experiencing depression. So it's like, maybe that was that impacted my view of him. Like my mood was just like bad that summer, but, um, no, I'm, I'm an Aiden fan. It just made me laugh when you said, oh, well, fair enough. He bought her a walk-in closet. I suppose that's enough. <laughs> no, but do you know what it is about Mr. Big? I think Mr. Big is one of those guys who's got lots of layers, many layers. You know, and you've got to peel down the layers to get to the core. Yeah. I do quite like guys like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll have to. Aiden's nicer, obviously, but yeah. I'll have to watch the whole series again now. I feel re-inspired before the next movie comes out. We can do, oh, a, we yes. can do a Sex in the City marathon. That would be fun. Yeah. Yes, definitely. Do it. Yeah. So I'm wondering, last question before we wrap it up. Do you have any advice for someone who wants to start a yoga journey or a sober curious journey or both? I think definitely try your, because you do like a, I mean, I know you used to do like the week's uh, free trial or something, didn't, yeah. don't you? Like, Two weeks. Do that. Two weeks, that's it, yeah. yeah. Um, I would definitely, definitely 100% recommend your, and I'm not just saying this because I'm, I'm your friend and I'm doing this on this podcast, but I would definitely recommend your classes over anybody else's, the NLPC. Um, you know, and I didn't have any yoga experience before I started with you. And I'm not, you know, flexible and anything like that. But it has really, honestly, and I cannot thank you enough, Alex. It has seriously changed my life, these classes. I could not live without these classes now, honestly, seriously. And with the, with the cute Sober Curious yoga, not just your other Sober Curious, I think that, I think everyone should try it, Alex. I think mm-hmm. if you've ever been out and about, whether you're in the UAE or wherever you are, and you've had hangovers, You've woken up the next morning and you, cl- I mean, oh my gosh, I remember that awful feeling from when I was younger, waking up still in your clothes, lights on, can't find your phone, where's your bag, where's your wallet, how did you get home? If you've ever experienced that in your life and you're still experiencing it, then you should be curious to think, well, what would my life be like without that in it? Yeah. And it's not saying, but you know what I mean, Alex, it's not, you know, you're not preaching to people. This is, this is the thing. And I think some people get a little bit confused thinking, oh, oh my God, like what's this all giving up alcohol? But you're actually not saying that. It's just people that are curious that, you know, and let's be honest, I mean, I mean, I love a drink, but our, our lives would be better without it mm-hmm. for many different reasons. And I think we all know that. And I think the interesting thing is whoever I speak to about my friends and they're like, oh my God, Laura, like, why are you doing that? You don't need to give up. You're fine, which I am fine. But I then think, actually you're curious because you keep asking me about it yeah so that's also interesting because I think you they wouldn't keep asking me or giving me their opinions on it if they weren't curious would they and these are also drinkers that I've had hangovers that I've had anxiety that had all this kind of thing so it's like well actually why don't you just try it and see what it does for you totally just give it a whirl now, whenever ever anyone sees me out and about with a wine, they're going to be like, right, um, excuse me, how many have you had? <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Well, Laura, thank you so much for coming on the show. It was honestly so fun to just sit down and chat with you and get to know you better. Um, and I really appreciate you taking the time to, to be on the show. So thank you so much. Thank you so much, Alex. It's been so nice to chat to you as always. And thank you so much for the classes. I really do appreciate you and all the teachers. You're all thank you, Laura. And you have a class soon now, right? Yes, I do. <laughs> So we'll let you get going to that. Take care, Laura. Thanks, Alex. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Sober Yoga Girl with Alex McRobbs. I am so, so grateful for every one of you. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss the next one and leave a review before you go. See you soon. Bye.